welcome back. Yes. So I just had some fun networking time, Kyle. Did yeah. you? Yeah, I did. Actually, we had, a, had some good people in the group there and got to talk and share about different ideas for startups and just, yeah, sharing. It was really cool. Yeah, it was neat in mine, too. We had various young professionals from, from different backgrounds uh, kind of sharing everything from, like, what we look for in jobs to, you know, how we are handling all the online Zoom meetings during COVID yes. to uh, just sharing ideas and resources. And I heard a big theme about people wanting to be connected and That's knowing true. they're not alone. I think especially in this time when we're also socially disconnected, the connection is really important. And so... Thank you guys for joining in the Zoom in the Zoom um, breakout rooms, the networking yes, sessions. Yes. It was a blessing, and we want to encourage you to keep up the networking. Just because ASIYP is only today, you can keep up those contacts, keep networking with each other. That's that's the way to grow and to actually help each other in ministry. Exactly, and I know for some of you this is like totally second nature. For other people, it might be a little like, oh, I'm a little shy. But I saw everyone getting into it, yes, yes. which is super cool. And we are stronger together yes. than by ourselves. Amen. Amen. I really think. Amen. Amen. And uh, speaking of being together and yes. learning from each other, we yes. are about to do something super exciting, which is have a live discussion with our speakers, with right. our main speakers from today. So we're about to have a Felicia Datis on with us. Chef Chu, Seth Hill, and you all have been sending in questions, but I just want to remind again that it's not too late to send questions. We can take some more questions for this panel. So if you have questions specifically for our speakers, then go ahead and text them to 94,000. <laughs> That's <laughs> 94000. Text your questions in there. We'll get those. We'll put them here and we'll be able to ask our speakers who are right here in this one very compact screen. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's amazing how technology works. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, good. Thank yeah, you. there they are. Hello. Live and in person. I mean, live and on Skype. Um, but uh, it's so it's great to have you all. I was just telling them before we started the broadcast, you know, these, these, their, their messages today were really powerful. Yeah. I mean, they were practical. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like the day just flew by yeah. because we were just so blessed by these messages. So thank you guys so much, our speakers today. And I'm looking forward to this panel. I I've know. got some. I've got some we questions. Have some good questions. I have some of my own questions too. Ooh. So Kyle, I haven't even shared those with you yet. It's a little dangerous. Okay. Well, <laughs> shall we start? Let's start. Maybe we should pray. I feel like we should pray, maybe for this panel. That's a good idea. We do that, and let's then um, and then we can jump into Amen. it. All right. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful day that we've shared together so far for ASIYP. We pray that you would bless the rest of our conference today. We pray that you would bless this panel in particular, and may something we share today um, be an encouragement and an inspiration to somebody out there who's struggling, somebody who may have an idea that wants to make it a reality. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them today and be with us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. Well, Michelle, maybe you should start us with our first question. Ooh. Well, I, I have a question here. It's actually addressed to Chef Chu. Chef Chu, will you take a question? Chef Chu? I'll take a question. Can we give you, <laughs> can, can we give you something to chew on? That's right. Something to chew on, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Chef Chu, this is what was sent in. It says, do you have a partner in your business? Is that okay, or would you discourage that? And then what does partnership look like? I mean, this is kind of big. I, it's a lot to do by yourself. So can you speak on this topic of partnership a little bit for us? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and excuse me, the background. I'm actually uh, I'm actually at work still, so I had to kind of do this in my car. So it makes it that much more fun, right? Um, yeah, but um, you know, having a partner or a team, I, you know, we ha- I had to get really get a founding team. That was a really important piece. Uh, I'm in a manufacturing business, also a restaurant. Um, like you said, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, so, and my founding team, you know, one of the key positions is a CFO. Um, so I actually, I, I, you know, I found a CFO, which is one of my closest friends that I grew up with, known him for about 20 plus years. Um, a COO, I got a, a chief operating officer, um, which is another team member that we have. Um, and then we have another individual was our CTO, which is our chief technology officer. Um, but the point is I'm making is that it's super important to have a founder, a, 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 have, a, have other founders, other partners, especially in businesses that have a lot of scale. Um, and the reason being is that there's so many moving parts. Um, you're going to get sick. You might have a day where you're not going to be on point. Things happen in life. Um, so having a team is super critical to be able to truly achieve the goals that you're trying to achieve. And it also, lastly, especially as you're you know, approaching investors and things of that nature, they want to see that you have other people that's going to be able to help accomplish the milestones and the mission, the, the missions that you're trying, the mission that you're trying to accomplish. It's almost impossible uh, to do, you know, any kind of bigger, you know, a business that's scaled to it by yourself. You're going to need other people to support in that process. Well, it's great. Great yeah. advice. Yeah, thank you. Just, I'm actually, I'm just going to throw it. Anybody else want to take a stab at that question while we're on that question about partners? Because that's a, I know that's a big question in a lot of mm. people's minds when it comes to starting a business or running a business. Yeah, I would say it's super important. Um, so for me, when I first started out in the business world, it was really in college, and it was a little more toned down in that we were just like, I, at least we were just getting started and figuring out what entrepreneurship really was and meant. Um, and in the beginning, I had one partner. And if there's one thing I would say is that, especially now being married for several years, it's very much a type of relationship that requires as much if not more communication um, than a marriage because you immediately go into a business and there's, especially if there's money involved, there's just a lot of communication that needs to happen in how you want to operate, how you interact with the other person. Um, I think the original question was like, should you have a partner? I think it's really good to have a co-founding partner if you can, even more than two, maybe three, because there's more minds that can meld there. But it definitely takes a form of like dating to figure out who you're going to work with and how well you can work together. So... Yeah, that's my, that's my two cents. Wow, that's yeah, that's interesting. That's 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 good, Seth. I had not thought of the business uh, partnership like, like that, marriage. but I mean that that's that's important. Communication is so important in any relationship, especially in business, and uh, and also I would I mean I'm not a business person, but I would say being equally yoked is also important right. in business. Mm-hmm. I mean if you're if you have the same Absolutely. vision, the same mission, especially when we're talking about Christians in business, um, if you're yoked with somebody who doesn't have that same mission, that's not going to be a good partnership. Mm, mm, So make sure you have a consecrated partner in your business venture. Um, Just want a a technical note for those of you who are texting in your questions. When you text text your question in to 94,000, if you haven't done it yet, you have to text ASIYP. Okay, ASIYP, right, Michelle? Right, text ASIYP, that enrolls you, and then you can text your question. So if you haven't texted ASIYP, please text that phrase first, and then go ahead with your question. Okay, thank so you. thank you so much. All right, let's jump to our next one. This one is for Seth, and this one, uh, this is, a, I hope, Seth, you're ready, because this, this, this is a good one here. Oh, quote, good. if it failed, then I fail, end quote. 
Wow, that really struck home, Seth. How do we continue to put our best into something but keep our identity separate? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so just to drop a little bit of a context. So I think it was just a year ago that I wrote a blog and I said, if I quit, I fail. And now, obviously, I think my perspective has changed because I think it's needed to change because I so closely identified uh, who I was in my business that when things didn't go right, I automatically felt like a failure. And I think that failure gets talked about a lot in the business world uh, about this whole failing forward. And what does that all really look like? And to be honest, to answer the question straight, like I haven't totally figured out how to move forward without letting myself be so invested in it. Um, but I think that what I have learned and I'm continuing to learn is that being able to step back from the actual business itself and really focus on the why of what you're doing um, will enable you to kind of remove yourself from the business itself and pull yourself back to like the ultimate vision. Um, and unpacking that a little bit more, I have a mentor that I've known for, I think three or four years now, um, really awesome guy. And he said something that really struck home with me. And it was that being able to, how do I put this? I'm trying to remember his exact words, but being able to pull back away from the business and realize that it can go forward without you um, is going to be really huge. So in the value system, he talks a lot about values. And when you have values in your business, it's something that you should be able to transport and transplant from each business that you have going forward. So for me, it was like this idea of comfort, security, that we draw on that and using his thoughts in mind and that, yeah, like, whether this business does fail, the core principles to how I operate the business from an emotional, spiritual aspect and a mental aspect, like that can be moved to other areas. Because some ideas, while they are great and fantastic, they're, it's just not the right time for them. Um, there's been numerous businesses over the decades or hundreds, thousands of years. There's nothing truly new under the sun, I guess. But um, where someone has tried something like a Facebook or whatever, and then time goes on, and even though theirs failed, like Facebook comes onto the scene and it works really well. So timing is really uh, key there too. So going back to the original question, like, is there a way to completely separate yourself? I don't think so. I think it's just being able to learn how to have a clean closure and detachment. Because when you do start something up, like it is your baby, it's something that is really innately you. Um, but being able to find closure and find peace and knowing that it's okay to have failures and that doesn't mean you are a failure. Wow. That, that's a hard, yeah. that's a hard thing. And I, I think this fear of failure often stops us from doing a lot of things yeah, in definitely. life. Um, I can throw that out just a little bit more. Is any of the others of you have maybe experienced failure or feared failure and have anything to say about dealing with failure? What I would add to that is in regards to remembering how our identity is so wrapped up in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only, for lack of a better word, thing that doesn't fail in life. Every other thing that we attach to has a, a lifespan. It has a beginning and it has an end. So it's so important whether we are in ministry or whether we're starting a business, whether we're getting into a relationship, moving to a new place, everything has a lifespan. And when we remember that I am completely, my identity is in Christ, as long as that is there, we know that 
we cannot fail in him. But at the same time, keeping in mind the reality of what Seth said. So for instance, with a part of my YouTube ministry has to do with linking um, the growth of your hair to the growth of your faith. That is how I connect with my audience. Mm. And it, it's it's such a way because that's the need that the audience, my audience have. How, what do I do with my hair? So how do we link that to the gospel? But I still have to keep in mind that my hair, I could lose it. Something can happen. My, it gets cut off. It falls out. So if I rely, if I say that my ministry is only in my hair, then that means that my ministry and my identity has an ending point. But if I remember that long hair or bald head, my ministry is in Jesus Christ, then I cannot fail. That's how I would look at it. That is super important, Felicia. Definitely. It's so easy to get wrapped up in stuff that is is temporary and forget what, what matters. In I'm just glad my ministry isn't tied to my hair length. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, kind of related, Felicia, there was a question that came in for you. You mentioned some of the spiritual side of your ministry. And one of the questions that came in was, how do you create a brand that is overtly Christian while still appealing to the masses? Any thoughts on that? Ah, I love that. So what I called my, I created a documentary, again, linking the growth of Afro textured hair to faith. And I called that and I called the ministry, my faith and fro. And that's usually something that you don't see around often. And so it's not overtly Christian because you hear the word fro or Afro and it's dealing with hair. And usually we think of cosmetology, but at the same time, it appeals to the masses because they already know, oh, you're talking about how to deal with Afro textured hair. And so much, so many in the black community have struggled for years with how to maintain their hair. So it reaches them. But at the same time, it shows us how uh, the physical things about us can fall apart. But it is our faith in Jesus Christ. It is his holding on to us that extends past this lifetime and into eternity. And so it's still focusing on Jesus Christ and faith and eternity, and at the same time, meeting the needs of people here on earth. Wow, that's, that's, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Felicia. Um, there are so many questions that are coming in, you guys, like we're getting flooded yes, here. Yes, yes, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> but thank, thank you, that, that, was, that was a very insightful answer. Felicia, um, just let me just follow up on that with another question for you, uh, someone who's asking about practical tips for, for start. You talked about online evangelism and in particular at churches. Um, someone's asking, can you give us practical tips on how to start online evangelism at my church? And I'm going to also add to that on how to start um, a, YouTube, a ministry channel on YouTube or um, on IG, for example, Instagram. Can you give us some practical tips for, for And I someone? know you all had a whole workshop. People may not have, may or may not have gotten to go right. to the whole thing, but maybe some quick highlights. Yes, thank you so much. Sure thing. So actually one of the first things I would probably say, I know that ASI has been pushing the 3 a.m. call. And from that there, we're going to make videos, resources, courses available. So if you want to start a podcast or a blog or a YouTube channel or a small group, any online ministry, we have these videos available. But let's say you want to start a YouTube channel podcast. One of the first things that I would say is 
yes, definitely prayer. You have to be in prayer. The second thing would be to know your target audience. Who are you creating this platform for? It's like making a dress. You don't want to just make a nice dress or um, make a nice suit without taking the measurements of the person. And so many times we say, I want to create an online ministry and we want it to reach everybody. But we know that one dress cannot fit every single person on the planet. Ministry and the gospel is the very same way. The message does not change, but how we present that message is going to change. So, for example, and what I said was, if I started speaking Creole right now, many of you won't understand why, because my target audience <laughs> is, is our English speakers. So my message did not change, but how I convey that message changes. And it's the same thing with online ministry. If you're speaking to a younger demographic compared to an older demographic, how you present the gospel, um, the, the illustrations that you use, if you're speaking to an Adventist audience compared to a non-Adventist audience, a Christian audience compared to a non-Christian audience, we might use the word Sabbath or remnant or help message with an Adventist audience but we can't use those terms as yet with a non-Adventist audience because they don't have that context. So number one, prayer. And number two, know your target audience. And we can fit the same thing into churches. What is it that you want to, who is it that you want to reach? And when you know who you want to reach, then you will know which platforms you should use. Awesome. Thank you so much, Felicia. And I know you have a number of, of resources and Center for Online Evangelism, so can and check that out. And I just want to remind everybody, if you missed the workshops, which Digital Evangelism was one of them, That's right. you can go to asiministries.org forward slash YP to access all the content and get all the tips on how you can start your online ministry. Awesome. Well, switching gears a little bit, I have a question that's kind of pertinent to the times that we live in right now. And someone is asking, have you been, how have you been able to pivot or adapt in a quick way due to COVID-19 without knowing what the future looks like? Mm. I know some of you have faced mm. this. I know Seth and I have talked about this. Maybe some others of you can jump in, but pivoting and adapting in the face of COVID-19 and an uncertain future that we're all thinking about right now. Um, well, I, I guess I'll, go ahead, Chef Chu. Yeah, I would say, you know, um, I, you know, we have two two businesses, uh, the restaurant, which is uh, part of the church, actually owned by the church. And I, my company manages the, the veg shop restaurant. Um, the restaurant industry has obviously been taking a, taking a big hit. Um, some, uh, I mean, some cities, I mean, 30, 40 percent of the restaurants have closed down. Um, in our restaurant, I, the first month of COVID, I mean, we had probably a 30 percent, 40 percent drop in sales. Um, we ended up actually going through a complete makeover of our menu, um, and we also um, transitioned into a really uh, kind of more so focusing on the online platforms like Grubhub, um, DoorDash, and just really trying to change our model for more of a takeout, pickup only kind of concept. And uh, amazingly, within three months, the entire our financials actually, no exaggeration, almost tripled. Um, in the city of Oakland, where our restaurant's located. Um, the whole community pretty much went online and started this pretty much this, this flooding online services. Um, we've actually had the best sales we've ever had. Um, so in us, you know, for again, again, in the restaurant, we just quickly made that pivot um, with going online on the online platforms. We changed our menu, tried to bring some more excitement um, and just, you know, and pray. And, and God, I tell you, worked a miracle. 
Um, and so again, uh, in the food industry, the, the crazy thing is that some restaurants are just kind of going out of business and some restaurants that we're finding are actually having their best sales ever. Um, and we're just fortunate, honestly, this through God's power, God's help, that we were able to be a part of that um, one that actually is just thriving um, during this time frame. And so we're really grateful um, for what God is doing in the restaurant. So, you know, praise God for that. That's All right, awesome. thank you. And I think Felicia was going to jump in on that. So don't want to sure. you in there. Yeah. So for the Center for Online Evangelism for years, we have been pushing online evangelism. Um, but what we realized was with COVID and at the same time, you know, our hearts and prayers go out to those who have been so terribly affected by the pandemic. Um, what we were trying to do for years and helping persons to see the importance of online evangelism, COVID did that in about a month. But uh, so for us, we shift immediately from sharing the importance of online evangelism to very quickly adapting to the influx of requests to provide training and provide webinars. But I think one thing that it really did was to open the eyes of I know for me personally, sometimes as a church, we can look at the amount of people there are who still have not heard the gospel. And we wonder, is it possible for us to finish this work? Is it possible for 22 million Adventists combined to take the three angels message into all the world? And it can seem daunting. But I know with the Center for Online Evangelism, even for about eight years, we were trying to push that out. COVID got through what has been happening. Everyone has seen the importance of it in less than a month. That reminds us that we can apply the very same thing to the gospel, even though the work might seem so overwhelming, when the Lord can do anything and make that message go out to the ends of the world. So we did do a switch, even though we were already online, and putting more emphasis on making resources available. And then it provided a lot of empowerment by the grace of God. Amen. Wow. Amen. Yeah, that's, wow. that's, that's awesome, Felicia. And you know, when, when, yeah. when, did you have something to share? Sorry, I didn't. Uh, I can, but if you have something else you're going to say first, you go for it. Jump in real quick, and then I'll and then I'll say I'll say one thing. <laughs> okay, so yeah, super quick. Um, so sway is something that I've been working on for a long time, and with this whole COVID thing, um, I just happened to be kind of in the right place at the right time to start a new business. Really short short story. We were able to help a lot of hospitals, dental clinics across the U.S. Um, individuals like get a hold of PPE, and that all was kind of going back to the relationships that I was able to build while doing manufacturing in China. And we were able to shift really quickly. And I think the question was like, how do you know like what to do and how to pivot really quickly? Honestly, it's got to be like a day by day thing. If it's the right moment and the right time and like your past is kind of led up to a point to where like you can speak to a specific need in this time, then do it. But after that, it's going to be almost like a day by day thing. I mean, I'm thinking back to March and April and then to May the prices, for example, for raw materials that for the stuff that we're making when it comes to masks and gowns and things like that changes daily and the shipping and everything like it's all just changing daily, sometimes hourly. Even I had to go through one day and change freight forwarders, which is like a shipping company for really big bulk items. And we had to change like four times in, in, in a day. So like it's, it's a day by day thing that you have to take. And yeah, it can be stressful, but I think with uh, a focus, like going back to your core principles of why you're doing what you're doing and a relationship with God will uh, give you the strength to do that because many tears were shed, but we were able to do a lot. Amen. Amen. I'm really inspired, Seth, by what you've done with that. And thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your testimony. Thank all of the three of you for sharing about that. You know, I'll just say 
one thing that we learned at Adventist World Radio, Michelle, mm -hmm. was that, you know, for a long time, for over 40 years, we've been broadcasting on the radio. Right. And slowly, we've been trying to also increase our presence on social media and through digital mm -hmm. evangelism. Mm -hmm. And that's been over the past few years, and we've seen a huge increase in that. But all of a sudden, in the last few months, because of COVID, now we're put in a situation where it's like we have to make, we have to innovate, wow. we have to pivot, wow. as Seth was saying. And, and, you know, it's only by the grace of God. I think God wow. gave us this opportunity, not that God, you know, caused COVID, but God works all things together for good. Right. And he gives us this opportunity. And now, like even with AWR and other ministries of the church, we're seeing these online evangelism opportunities just mm. explode and we're reaching mm. people we never would have reached otherwise. Yeah. You know, I, and so, you know, may, may you take the opportunities that God gives you. May all of us take these yeah. opportunities and really be able to, to pivot, to make the most of them yeah. and, uh, and to. Someone told me a funny comment. I, I don't really like this fully, but they're like, Hey, once COVID started, I saw more innovation in the church in a few weeks than I'd seen in 50 years. Wow. That's <laughs> a little bit of a rebuke, I, but, but nonetheless, there is nothing like that impetus for change. Yeah. And so even mm. though I think this is a time that makes it more difficult to do some things, that means there are opportunities for other things. We yes. have windows for things that we don't have other times. So maybe trying to think about that. What are those windows of opportunities that's right. that we can take advantage of right now? That's exactly, that's, that's great yeah. advice. All right, well, we got so many questions. By the way, you can still send in your questions. Text it to 94,000 and we'd love to have your question. All right, for our panel, we talked about partners and uh, the importance of having partners. Someone asked, we have a two, two questions that kind of came in on this theme. Michelle, someone's saying, how do you find the right people to be on your team Ooh. that carry the same vision as you? And then a second part to that question is, if you're looking for a, for a partner or a co-founder for a business, how do you share that business with them, you know, without kind of going too fast before they make that commitment to be really in, in, in with you. Mm. So mm. first part of it is how do you find someone who shares your vision for ministry and business together? And then secondly, how do you, how do you move wisely in finding that business partner um, and bringing them in to, to your business? Mm. Still figuring that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, Seth. This, we've been talking about trying to get people in your team recently, so that's it's not easy, right? <laughs> this is for anybody. Anybody uh, can jump in. Yeah, I can say, um, you know, one thing I will say, like, so our company, you know, again, we, we brought on a, a team, and I, I think one of the scriptures that come to mind, the harvest is great, but the labors are few. Um, I think that's a prayer that I've prayed so many times. I mean, I think when you think about a partner, as Seth said, that it's really, like you said, it's, it's a marriage. Like you're really becoming like, like you said, the communication is like ongoing every day, sometimes late at night, many nights during the week. Um, so it becomes a very, very emotional ride with another person. So firstly, like it's like you, the point that's being said, how do you how do you get somebody on your team that has the same vision? Um, that does take time. Um, I think that's that's what you have to spend those late nights, go on trips together, go camping, whatever that means uh, to be able to make sure that person has that vision. Um, and that's one. That, again, that was a very important part with my, my co-founder, and we did a lot of that early on. Um, and one of the things that was happening in our company, you know, obviously when it comes to the business side of a business, different than a nonprofit ministry, but in the business, um, there's ownership in a business. 
Um, and so therefore, typically there's equity that's going to be given if you bring on a person into your business. Many, many times if you bring on a founder, there's going to be, they're going to have a certain percentage of ownership that's going to typically come a, become a part of that. And there's a strategy that's called vesting. Um, where you can actually bring a person on and that equity that you might give to that person as a part of, as becoming a part of your team can be vested over a time frame. So it might be where they might get 5% of your company, but they get 1% every year that they're on the team. Um, and so there's different ways of kind of getting people on the team, but they still have to, you know, be a part of the team rather than giving up so much ownership, you know, right out the gate. Um, and so, but again, trust is number one. And I think you just take things slowly. And that's okay. And if they're not willing to take it slowly, then it's you know, it's probably not the right person. Um, and again, there's ways legally that you can actually, you know, again, vest people into your company over a time frame where it kind of builds trust over a number of years, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. 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 That's a good thought. So you're kind of not going all at once. Gradual. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I love what Chef Chu just said and, and Seth in regards to still looking. Uh, what I would like to add to that is um, you won't look for an eagle in a chicken pen. And what I'm Lost Felicia for a minute on a Felicia. really good comment I know. too. An was, eagle the, the in eagle, a chicken pen. The eagle in the chicken <laughs> pen. I was leaving I was like in suspense. <laughs> I can't wait till we get her back. All right, all right. Uh, while she's coming back, anyone else want to add or kind of continue continue the line there? Yeah, real quick. Um, so when it comes to, and this may not be everybody's experience, um, but in the things that I've read from just different books and some experiences that oftentimes, at least in my experience, when I've started something, I've had a very specific vision of where I thought it, like this business may go or what it may be. Um, and I think it's good to realize that as you talk to more people, that vision may change a little bit, but as a leader in the business, whether it's you like a partner or whatnot, if you're the sole person who started in the beginning and you're looking for somebody, you really got to have the ability to be able to cast that vision that somebody will give you the buy-in to believe in that vision and then push forward from there. And they're kind of like a supporting aspect. And then as they, come into that vision, like it can meld and change and maybe pivot over time. Um, but I think it's going to be really important to be able to know, kind of going back to why you're doing what you're doing, what you're doing and how you're going to do it. And then you can kind of paint that picture for that person to follow as they become more and more of a leader. But starting a business fresh uh, with a person right there in the beginning is probably going to be a different story, but that's been my experience. Cool, cool. Mm -hmm. Good thoughts. Felicia back. The eagle. Yes. Felicia, the eagle. I'm, I'm sitting on the edge of my yeah. seat, ready for the eagle story. So, so you won't look for an eagle in a chicken pen. Uh, if you're looking for an eagle, you go where you can find eagles. And what I mean by that is whether it's ministry or whether it's business, the kind of persons that you are looking for, you go where you know you will find like-minded individuals. So for example, with the Center for Online Evangelism, we value people who have a heart for ministry and things digital. So attending conferences like the Society for Adventist Communicators or connecting with the NAD Social Media Big Data Department or Digital Discipleship Ministries in Australia. So because of, by connecting with those kinds of ministries, we know that we are finding other digital missionaries. And by being in those places, we've 
been able to have great interviews, make great collaborations, build great relationships, and grow our ministry. And that's where we found our eagles by going onto the, the peaks and the tops of the trees where the eagles are. And so the same thing applies with business and with ministry. And of course, you can put that for any other aspect of life and relationships, for example. Go where you know you will find like-minded individuals like ASIYP, for instance. Probably goes true for a lot of things in life, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. Relationships, etc. Birds of a feather flock together. Mm. as someone mm. said once. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, good stuff. I have a question for you that's an ethical question now, kind of switching into that. I actually coordinate the Institute of Ethical Leadership at Southern Adventist University, and someone asked an ethical question, so let me throw it out here. Can mm. you discuss the ethics of advertising on YouTube, blog posts, and similar platforms? Also, what about the Sabbath? Is there a way to turn them off? Mm, so any some thoughts about the ethics of advertising and also, you know, Sabbath advertising in business as an entrepreneur? Mm. <laughs> I, I know, <laughs> tough questions, right? <laughs> no, yeah, it is a good question. I've heard of, yeah. uh, let's go for it, Shia. Yeah, go ahead, Seth. Go uh, I was just going to say that I knew, I'm trying to remember the name of the company and we tried doing something similar, um, but it takes a little bit of IT background and being able to code it right. But there was a way that you can have your basically your website locked or shut down during the Sabbath hours. And while I was trying to like go in and figure that out, because that kind of rolls in with the advertising question, is Sabbath is different. Like it changes, you know, every hour for 24 hours for who's in the Sabbath and who's not. So you have to be, you got to have some pretty heavy backend stuff to be able to do that, uh, which we don't have fortunately yet. But yes, like with Facebook advertising, like I know you can turn on ads and turn off ads and pause them. Um, I, from my knowledge, you have to go in and actually do it manually. And Chris Matz, I think, actually talked in one of the other panels. He'd probably be a really good guy to ask that question to. Um, but that's not something like that I have figured out how to do automatically yet. All right. Thank you. And uh, we may need some more tech experts and also uh, just thinking about that. But these are probably just good things to uh, think about as a Christian and, and start dealing with some of those things as well. Definitely. All and, right. and on that, on that note, unless I, I didn't know if someone else wanted to jump in on that. And, and if you can, if, if you want to, after I ask the next question, but you know, there was, there was something that came up, I think in, in pretty much all of the, all the talks mm. that we heard mm. today. And that is that really ministry and business are one. Um, they're not two separate things. And really, that's what ASI is all about, honestly. True. Um, ministry, you know, as business people, lay people um, who are in business or whether they're professionals, any profession, any profession yeah. um, ministry is a part of it. It's, it's one. We're all called to ministry. And so this is my, my question for you guys. How does that work for you in real life, in your business, in your life? How have you learned to, to meld together mm. ministry and business so that they are truly one. Ooh, nice. You know, for me, I think about, you know, I'm a chef and I make a lot of food. And um, I just thought about Jesus. I mean, I think, it, you know, you try to look at Christ's life and this other, you know, amazing people in the scriptures. Um, you know, ministry is more than just a sermon. I think that's kind of one thing that we're recognizing, especially in COVID, when churches are shut down. It's like, okay, you know, churches are shut down. So what does ministry look like today? And I thought about Christ, you know, he had the first, you know, he had his first miracle was a juice bar. 
you know, it's one of his other great miracles. He had the, the, the you know, he had the five loaves and two fishes cafe. And, um, and I, I just envisioned Christ in his time and then looking at today's time and saying, what would ministry look like in a, in a real time setting, you know, in a, in a sense, those same things that he did back then, how would it look today, 2000 years later? Um, and that really kind of gave me this convictions that the minute the work that I'm doing and helping to democratize healthy food in, in low income neighborhoods and bringing healthy food to communities, um, that was that seems very practical to meeting a, a basic need of humanity. And that that would seem something that Christ would do. So I think it's connecting the heart of Christ, uh, the intent that he would have, you know, that he did in his day and throughout scripture. How would that look today? And, and businesses, the last thing I'll say is that businesses are nothing but solutions that you're bringing to solve, you know, human problems. Uh, and I think our, and our businesses are, are created to do that for the most part. We're creating services and products and so forth to meet needs, to meet them, to, to be able to make people's lives better, which is ministry in a very practical sense at its broadest level. So, yeah. Amen, that's powerful. Yeah. Anybody else on that question? I mean, I yeah. just, I'm... Yeah, for sure. So like, this is probably the part of business that I'm most fired up about because I enjoy doing the going to Asia stuff and I enjoy making something and making a physical product. But the thing that brings me the absolute most joy and most excitement actually gives me like an energy after I do it is the one-on-one -on -one meetings that I have. So whether it's a business meeting or whatnot, I try to like keep meetings going that are related to my business. Um, but meeting with people that are just really outside of my network that I'm able to get to meet with and just talk with them about their story. And I've done this, I would say probably hundreds of times now with people from CEOs to hospitals in the area to founders of sports companies uh, or tech companies. And every time that I go to meet these people, it just gives me so much energy because I get to talk to them and be like, Hey, like, tell me your story. Where are you from? You know, you start out with your name and where you grew up and all that. But what eventually ends up happening is people end up starting to talk about their story. Then they go to kind of end their struggles. It kind of moves over to politics. And then like almost 90% of the time it turns to a religious topic of this world's crazy and we don't know what we're doing. And, you know, what, what's the solution? And there's really an opportunity there that's super simple that I like to do. And it's just and it's like God taps me on the shoulder almost the, every time at the end of the meeting. Like, hey, you should pray with this person and ask them if they need prayer for X, Y or Z. And it just is such a cool experience because there's nothing that shows people that you care like actually caring and being able to pray with people, um, you know, because I I'm up, I often get like shaky or I'm like nervous, like, oh, I'm going to get rejected. But when I ask for to pray for them and then they say yes, and there have been some rejections, but it's like when you open your back your eyes after praying, you look into that person's eyes and there's a deeper connection there that's more than any kind of relationship you would be working on in the business. It's something that shows like a human to human spiritual, this person actually cares for me. And you can see that like seed of hope being planted in their heart. And that gives me more pump than anything. And I've been able to do that. So many people and God is just amazing to be able to do that. So like, that's, that's where the rubber meets the road. It's going to be those relationships that you're forming that, that supplier that you have that gives you raisins or fabric or whatever it is. Amen. That is so cool. That's really Especially powerful. since, uh, you know, you're working with different countries and yes. people that are not even, you know, Christian, different religions and still able to have those opportunities. I can imagine that's what Jesus, you know, did when he was in business, when he was a businessman, <laughs> right? Jesus was a, a carpenter, carpenter, a businessman. Yeah. What Paul did as a, as a tent maker, you know, really witnessing through their life and using those opportunities to witness to people one-on-one. Mm -hmm. -on -one. That's powerful, Seth. Mm -hmm. And Chef Chu, thank you so much for, for sharing. 
right. Well, uh, speaking of uh, sharing Christ and, and also the attitude of Christ, we have a quick question that came in. It's a really practical one. It says, how do you deal with customers who are rude and impatient? Mm, great Sometimes question. Sometimes <laughs> we can ask God to be with us. Other times you just want to say something because of how angry it makes you. <laughs> Anyone want to jump in this? I hear Chef Chu laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in that, that's a good yeah, question. I mean, yeah, yeah. Restaurants. I mean, we have Yelp. We have almost, you know, all social media. People say the craziest things, um, you know. And there, you're going to have people <laughs> that's going to be rude. I think, firstly, I think you you have to be connected to Christ personally. Um, some people will do things that will cross you, and you want to say something back. Um, you know, some people will be disrespectful. Um, just because, again, just the environment that, you know, you know, people are stressed out, you know, they come get food, let's say your food might take longer than expected, and they get upset with you. But I think, number one, it just, it makes me realize in life, we I have to daily be connected with Christ. Uh, if I'm not connected to Christ, you know, I could have a wrong look, I could say something maybe back or might not say the right thing. Um, so I think that daily connection with Christ. And then uh, and one thing I've learned is creating a culture. Last thing I say is creating a culture within your business of of this of this love and family like so in our restaurant every person that comes in we say welcome family um that's kind of our whole model so we create a culture of friendship and family i always say uh, friends first and customers second and um that's kind of one of our mottos that kind of helps us to kind of keep that relationship first not just that my service and what i'm getting and that goes a long ways as well yeah wow felicia i, I think said. i saw you, you there was yeah. a little sparkle in your eye you wanted to say something <laughs> Yeah, you know, with online evangelism, we know we, we tell persons once you do decide to start an online ministry, whether you're a church, an individual, be prepared for some backlash that you will get. People will post terrible things under your comment. I've had a colleague who someone called her um, a very negative, terrible thing um, because she was pushing online evangelism. What made matters worse was that this was a fellow believer. And what we tell persons is to remember when persons say hurtful things or they do mean things, disrespectful things, especially online, give them to try to be understanding. Either this person is hurt or this person does not have an understanding. And if you take a moment, step away from your computer, breathe, pray, uh -huh. you will find that with a clearer mind, you'll be able to respond to this person in a better way. I had a very negative comment on a video one time, took the time to took the time to breathe and pray before responding. And that actually opened the door to a new relationship. And so that's really important, even when you go in online ministry. Wow, Felicia, thank you so much. Very practical. Yes, yes. And um, I need to pray about that myself. <laughs> I think, I think we all do. Uh, thank you so much for that, for that, for that very important piece of wisdom. All right, you guys. So we are at less. We have just almost out of time, but I have to close with this one question. Okay. So this is one last chance for you to give. I'd like to ask you what the one best piece of advice is that you were ever given for business, for ministry. And, what, and could you share that with us? One thing that you'd like to share as we close our panel today, the one best piece of advice you'd like to share. Two words, do it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was nice. Jared Thurman. I think you guys know who Jared is. I came up to him with an idea, and it was probably actually more than that. He said, go do it, but he believed in me enough to, like, in the way that he told me to go do it, which showed that he cared and thought and knew that I could do it. So believing in somebody else and encouraging them, I'd say, like, that would be the biggest thing. So surround yourself with people that are encouraging. Amen. Amen. 
All right. I would say post it <laughs> when you have <laughs> nice. a good, you, you have a personal experience with Jesus, just post it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Chef Chu, you have the last word. Yeah, there's a scripture that says, uh, though thy beginning was small, yet in the latter end thou shalt greatly increase. Mm, um, I think that's the motto of life. Don't despise a small beginning and wow. let God just, mm. let God bring the increase in his timing. Amen. Mm, Amen. Do it, post it, let God bring the increase. Amen. Those are some good things to chew on, Chef Chu. Thank you, guys. <laughs> this, this has been a wonderful speaker panel. Yes. Thank you guys so much for being here and for all that you've shared with us today on ASIYP. We appreciate it so much. God bless you all. Thank, Thank you. you. God bless. All right. Take care. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.